and welcome to Repeat the Question. I'm David Sackreiter, and this is your one-stop shop for everything related to the world of the movie trivia showdown. The Saul Show is back. After falling to Brandon the Hitman Hannah last season, the Den's sophomore superstar vowed to come back at a totally new level. This year, he's on a rampage, and with two knockouts on his resume, Saul shows no signs of slowing down. Talking about Saul taking on Greg Idris Alba. And, you know, this match will ultimately end in a knockout, but I don't think you could have been able to tell that that's the direction it was heading at the end of the first round. Saul opened with a 9-7 advantage after missing just one question in the first round. Alba, on the other hand, misses just two. He scores seven. And with a... Two-point gap between the competitors. This thing looked like it could be a close one uh, down to the wire right up until we hit round two. Saul elected to keep his momentum going in his favor. He spins Spinner's Choice and elects to go with the category of Batman. There he is a near-perfect five of five for nine points, only has to check down to multiple choice once, and he was not happy about it. And look, I don't, I don't blame him. Robert Parker will be the first to tell you what the difference uh, between a perfect round two and checking down to multiple choice will do when you're at that elite level. And that's exactly where Saul wants to be. After that kind of a monster round from Saul, you know, Alba needed a strength category in order to kind of keep this one competitive. And he spun just about the exact opposite. He ultimately lands on Jurassic Park, goes one of four for just two points. Doesn't even get to answer all five questions because he surrenders two seals to Saul for four points total. And that'll be all she wrote. Final is 22 to nine. The knockout for Saul. Big four points for the Den and a big minus one for the Quirky Mercs. Quirky Mercs have the most knockouts of any team. They've been knocked out the most times with both real rejects and then Sabrina Ramirez last week. A lot of minus ones being hung on that team. And that doesn't even begin to talk about uh, TKOs as well. Saul in this one has a 94.1% accuracy rate. He's got a 91.7% PPE. It is his best match of his career so far. He's constantly improving. And one other place that I feel like he's constantly improving is in that character work as we take a look at his post-match interview here. I tell you what, the Schmodown's a pretty big circus. And there's a little bit for just about everybody. We got, we got uh, mental gymnastics. We got the real brainiac types who know everything, the nerdy types. And, and we got uh, uh, the freak show. We definitely got the freak show here in the Schmodown. And we also got the clowns. And that's what Koi knows, and that's what you're feeding me, clowns. But I tell you what, I'm not going to get fat. I'm going to get lean, and I'm going to get stronger. You want to keep feeding me these clowns? You go right ahead. I don't got to mop up the bloody ego stains on the floor after I'm done with them. Because this is the circus, and I'm the lion. So you keep feeding me. There you have Saul's, you know, he's referencing those clowns. He's referencing Koi. He's, of course... You know, kind of talking about having to face the real rejects the last two matches and 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 talking about how they're definitely not as committed or or in, according to him in the same league as somebody like Saul. And from a character perspective, I really like this attitude from Saul. You know, I was one of 
his critics last season. And I think that I've really come around on him as a character. I like this, this visible frustration as an, as a different way of approaching the, the heel that feels like, um, they're so much better than everybody else in the league that they, the idea that not only is he so much better than everybody else, but it actually frustrates him how much worse everyone else is. I think that's it's a definitely an interesting take. I think it's kind of refreshing to see something different, something in that vein for this type of character. I'm really excited to see what comes next for him. On the opposite side of things, Greg Idris Alba, you know, if we're looking at it from a character perspective, I'm just happy to see him in the league. He gets a knockout here. Um, and John Humphrey's kind of the same way. He got knocked out in his first match of the season two. And they both bring this kind of season four, season five type energy um, where competitors were still able to kind of have this relaxed coming in here and just playing trivia with friends attitude that I think we've kind of lost a little bit in this post faction era. Um, look, I love competitive matches. I, I like the direction that the Schmodown is taking. If I didn't like it, then I wouldn't host a show and write articles and all of that. But there's something about that, you know, season three, season four, uh, season five type attitude, that era of the Schmodown where the league was really starting to find its stride that there there's some part of the equation that's kind of missing. You, you don't have that same type of Makuga type energy um, in the league anymore. And I do think that's missed and I'm happy that both John Humphrey and Greg Alba in this match um, are able to kind of provide that. As we pivot over to Saul's, performance in the match. Look, he's got two KOs on his resume this season. Um, he looks like a much better competitor than he did last season. I think he had a great debut, but, you know, two knockouts looks very, very dominant. The thing is here, though, what makes it hard to evaluate Saul is that we haven't seen him in a round three scenario yet. And, uh, you know, that's not a knock on him. It's more of a knock on the, the competitors he's had to face um, that we haven't seen him there. But, you know, as we're kind of trying to evaluate and, and place Saul and decide, you know, is he really an elite player or where is he? more of a Brandon Hanna, where, where are we trying to rank him? I think it's important, you know, to kind of look at his round by round statistics in round one accuracy rate and PPE are the same. They're at 90%. Um, in round two, he's kind of weighed down by a little bit of uh, lower end performances in his first two matches. He's only got a 79.5% PPE and an 85.7% accuracy rate in round two. And then you'll notice there in round three, 50% PPE, 66.7% accuracy rate, but he's only been there once. He's played three matches, only been to round three once. And uh, a large part of that discrepancy uh, comes from a missed five. So those five point questions, they'll really do you in. But the, the key thing to note is we kind of 
continue to look at at Saul's round by round statistics is if we can compare it to the rest of the league this season, he's at least 10% better than than the league average. Um, in round one, league average is right around 81.9% this season for both accuracy rate and PPE. In round two, it's a 70.2% PPE on average and a 76% accuracy rate on average. And the league this season, 68.3% PPE and 71.7% accuracy rate in round three. So the numbers are there with the exception of those round three numbers, which like I said, we just haven't seen any opportunity for him to demonstrate improvement yet. He's slowly improving. He's always getting better, you know, and it looks like he's got a favorable path to the title. Um, he's playing in a number one contender match. Now he'll be at the collision on uh, July 31st and it's certainly something that the Den needs from him. As we take a look at the faction standings, Den currently in fifth place. They're followed closely behind by the quirky Mercs who got bumped down to fourth place following the point deduction for a knockout. Corruption moves up to third given the greater win percentage. And that's simply because the quirky Mercs are kind of an anomaly. They're Way up there in the points totals simply because of the production of their champions. Both Shazam and Andrew the Hunter Demolanta have really been putting in the work for the Mercs. But down roster, they've struggled. They've been knocked out three times, which is the most of any faction in the league. With both real rejects being knocked out by Saul's hand. And then, of course, Sabrina Ramirez being knocked out last week. They are... In a way, as I saw somebody post and mention on Reddit this week, um, they're kind of the poster child for the new point system. They they have had champions be successful and they have been knocked out and, and it all kind of balances out to somebody who's right around the middle of the pack, but at any point could kind of jump into that top tier. So it's it's very interesting to kind of see what the Mercs will be able to do you know, if Shazam holds the title into the team's tournament and if Andrew uh, Dimolanta does the same thing into the Star Wars tournament, the second Star Wars tournament of the year, I'm wondering if the Mercs will have the legs to be able to compete without uh, a bona fide entry into either, the, either of those tournaments who can really um, make a run. But at the same time, if you look over at the Den, the Den's kind of in a similar position. Uh, they're trying to break into those the, the top half of the factions as they sit currently in fifth place. They're kind of being willed there by uh, Thomas Harper, the major by himself almost, after uh, a lot of success in the Star Wars tournament. He's their leading points scorer uh, for the season so far. Saul isn't far behind and Saul's going to be their saving grace if they want to contend for the faction title in the short term. And that's because the outsiders lost early in the team's tournament and who knows what they're going to get in between tournaments, if they're going to get a another match or not. Both Ben Goddard and Paul Preston and Peggy Gubbins and, and the, uh, their other Singles heavy hitters, Mark Riley, have lost matches, so they're not on an immediate title path and probably won't get matches um, 
in the short term. Who knows what's going on with Alonzo Duralde? He's kind of the other one in the picture for them. So they really need Saul. Saul's been winning. They they need him to go on a run. They need to get him to get to the championship and, of course, win the championship if they want to contend because they just don't have the firepower at the moment to kind of contend with the Dungeon, who's had multiple uh, champions in both Mara Kanopic and in Dan Merle. And who has players like Ben Bateman, who are could be knocking on the door of a championship soon. Uh, they don't really have the down roster success of that of the Finstock Exchange, who's who's just you know been able to get production out of everybody. And so, you know, Thomas Harper has a championship match soon. I think he's perfectly capable of winning the belt, and they're going to need Saul to do the same thing. But he's heading to collision, so. It's possible. I think he's got a favorable title path. Um, Amru Moses didn't really maybe live up to the hype in his first match, but I think that that might be an outlier. So we'll see when he takes on Moose Haas. Moose Haas looks like he could be the real deal, but again, it's only one match, so it's hard to tell. Um, he had a TKO in that match. We haven't seen the Haas in round three. Uh, you know, if I'm going to knock Saul for it a little bit earlier in this episode, I've got to do the same thing for Haas but we'll see a lot of matches to be played a lot of schmodown to be had this this is only the standings about midway through the year so anything can happen that's going to do it for the show today thank you for tuning in be sure to join us on Patreon you get access to everything early you get the option for exclusive Q&As and uh, peek behind the scenes over at patreon.com slash repeat the question. It's the only way we're able to keep this show running. If you like the show, but you prefer to listen to it in an audio format, we're everywhere. We're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Spotify, we're on Google Podcasts, you name it, we're there thanks to Anchor. So be sure to check us out on audio. If you're listening to us on audio, you prefer us on video, youtube.com slash David Sackwriter is where we're at. Um, there put a lot of time to the graphics and everything else in the youtube video version of the shows to be sure to check that out hey you don't like audio you don't like video you prefer to read something be sure to check out rtqpodcast.com every video has an article every article has a video so if, if you prefer one medium over the other you've got your options Sure to check out rtqpodcast.com, editorials, match recaps, everything Schmodown related you can find over there. To stay up to date on everything, repeat the question. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at rtqpodcast. Sure to like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rtqpodcast as well. As for me, you can follow me at POTUS107 on Twitter, but that's going to do it for the show. Thank you for tuning in and so long.